You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Play caller. Play caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. You can find it sitting there staring at you right in the face if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, what you're not doing on the YouTubes, man? Nate the Great already in the house. Why aren't you? Where have you been? I'm actually just stalling right now because I'm trying to get a link. All right, I got the link. <laughs> uh, new callers do go directly to the front of the line. Uh, we don't have any new callers today. By the way, um, if you will give me a half a second, I'm going to open up the phone line so people can actually call in if they so choose. And bang, bang, boom. All right, there we go. Nobody has chosen to do that yet, although people keep threatening to do it. I am sure I will regret the decision, but I'm kind of excited about it at the same time, if that makes any sense. But anyways, in the meantime, while we wait, <sighs> did we play this call already? I don't know. I hope we're not skipping Jeff from Minneapolis. But anyways, let's get started. Hey man, just, uh, just a couple quick thoughts. One, I'm going to stop lecturing you about oh, how right. to um, talk to us about Jordan Love and okay. failures and such and challenges. Um, everybody is doing it. And I am convinced that as a fan, you are as optimistic as any of us and as hopeful as any of us. And as a fanalist, you are doing your job to point out that, like, hey, man, it's not a good thing. Therefore, it's, you know, it's got to be at least a little bit of a bad thing. Like, it matters. So um, I, 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 I appreciate the role that you are filling. And, well, thank uh, you. And, and I, thank you. Um, so anyway, no, 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 thank you. Thank you. One, one thought was, uh, is it possible that, that this inaccuracy thing has, um, as much about footwork as anything else? I heard somebody on some podcast, uh, say something like that, like that overthrow to Musgrave, uh, in that preseason game was, uh, an example of his feet being pointed the wrong way. So. I just want to, you know, put it out there that maybe um, this will get cleared up because maybe it, it isn't just a consistent. I mean, yes, if his feet are in the wrong place, uh, you know, or inconsistently in the right place, but it's a consistency issue technically. But maybe it's not just like a concentration issue, just like a he doesn't know how to aim the ball issue. Maybe it is like a tweak um, that he just needs to build up some more muscle memory to uh, make sure his feet are always going the right way. And uh, and that could be something that is correctable and quickly. So just a theory. Uh, go pack go. Still working on the lighting, by the way. I think it looks a little bit better. Anyways. Um, yeah, so somebody did call in about, I mean, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth. I know Jersey Mike was uh, talking about some stuff. But, by the way, Jersey Mike, where are you at, dude? I'll see you in the comments. Jeez, you people don't even care about me anymore. Um, I kind of had the opposite takeaway from the idea that it was a footwork issue, although it makes perfect sense to say, hey, if it's just a little technical tweak and we can make that tweak, then we're all going to be fine. My issue is we're in year four, I think, and footwork was the issue four years ago or three years ago or whatever. So it, it just kind of is getting into the territory of if there's any mechanical issues at this point, I don't know that they're mechanical issues that are going to get fixed. So I'm leaning into the theory that he's just kind of working out some of the kinks, right? As far as, you know, he's most of his training, you see it, you see it on social media. There's no pressure in his face. There's one guy running a route, you know, I mean, he, he's with his, his uh, coach, and sometimes it's not even like a football player. I don't know, man. It's it's very different to actually get in the games. It's also very different to be with your specific wide receivers who you know run routes differently and have different speeds and all these different kinds of things. And you know, it's just it's just going to take some time to get acclimated and kind of get into the swing of things. That's kind of where I'm at, at least as far as what I'm hoping for. If it's sort of a 
you know, again, like a, a, a technique or a flaw of that kind. And I could be entirely wrong. Maybe it's something that that is just coming to light. Like now that we're actually in games, he's starting to do this weird thing and it's got to get worked out of him. I don't know. But if we're talking about technical issues, considering this one team and this one coach who has him playing one specific way and who wants his footwork to be exactly one way, if, if it's still not there, I don't know that it's going to get there. But fortunately, it just hasn't generally materialized into a massive issue up to this point. It's still an issue, but we're starting to get a larger and larger sample size. And over that full sample size, it's been mostly positive. So hopefully either way, it doesn't end up being a big thing. And at the same time, it can be improved. But um, I guess we'll find out either way. I don't know. Had some technical difficulties. Here are those highlights. Hello. Something weird just happened there. Server IP addresses could not be found. Are you stupid? What is happening right now? I can't see your comments. I can't play the freaking calls. I don't know what to do with my time right now because my entire internet just is like, meh. This is too What's much going work. on? Hey! Is from Hang Cleveland, in there. Ohio, and I was just listening to the Packernet after dark. I hate that. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about like the Greg Jennings moment where he called the play, like when it happened. Uh, and you were talking about some like fantasy football, fifty-yard touchdown, or whatever. And I thought I would just share like one or two of those moments for me that happened. Is um, I think it was 2021 or maybe it was 2020 when Rodgers was kind of trying to win that MVP. And Mahomes was like right by him in the race. And so I was watching it and my dad was in the room with me and he was like, Oh, if Mahomes keeps playing like this, like he's going to win the MVP. And I just go until he throws this pick next play, he throws an <laughs> interception. Craziest thing because Mahomes at the time had like three interceptions into like 10 weeks of the season or something like that. And he just threw a pick right there. Um, and then the second one is it was Christmas Day against the Browns when Baker Mayfield threw like 5,000 interceptions. But um, it was the last drive of the game. I don't remember how much we were up by, but we were barely up. And, like, if they went down and scored a touchdown, we lost. And so they're at, like, the 50-yard line. And I was just like, man, we need another pick from a little bit in the game. Because this was, like, after the, the uh, Cardinals game when he picked it off. And then, like, the Rams game when he had the pick six and all that stuff. He was just on fire. And so I was just like, we need another Rasul pick to end the game. Boom, Baker Mayfield next play, Rasul Douglas interception. So those are two kind of crazy moments that I've had. Obviously, I've had those fancy football, like, oh, I need a DK Metcalf 20-yard touchdown, and then it happens. But I think those moments are pretty cool. Um, yeah, those are just a few of mine. So, yeah, see you later. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun when uh, ridiculous things like that happen. <laughs> It happens very rarely. I've got one memory of something like that happening, but uh, I should just make more predictions. You know what I should do? Well, maybe I shouldn't because uh, apparently live streaming is just way too much work. I can run some high-end freaking games on here, but if I want to stream my face, it's like, whoa, slow down, chief. But if we ever did any live streams, I should just start dropping some some predictions. Just like here it comes right here. 40-yard touchdown to Tunyon. I don't know. <laughs> Not even on the team anymore. All right, let's see if we can keep going. I still can't see your comments, man. This is this is making me really sad. It just says cannot be. And I don't want to refresh it because then everything's just gone. So I don't know, man. I guess it just is what it is. We just got to grind through it, man. Um, I'm back. It's Carson from Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, Carson again. again. I, was, I just called in about like my moments that I've called. And it's also Saturday, which means the Packers play tonight. Anyway. So I guess while I'm here, I guess I'll predict um, what the Packers are going to do, do tonight because that's probably more important than some random thing that I could predict. For the record, and this is this is technically fine because we can corroborate it or whatever. This is why I generally skip calls once big things happen because it's like, here's what I think is going to happen. It's like, well, the game's over, but yeah, there we go. So just saying. So for Jordan Love, I would say the most important thing for me is uh, complete a deep ball. That's all I want. One pass. I don't care if you go one for ten. Just complete a deep ball. Please. So for Jordan Love, like you're saying consistency all the time. Like, yes, obviously that's important, and I want to see that consistency. But I think down the line, like through this season, the consistency will come. And so I'm not too worried about that at the moment. But what I am worried about is the deep ball. Because if we can't get balls down the field, and we're kind of dinking and dunking down the field all the time, then like if it works, obviously that's fine. But I feel like once we get into the regular season, it's not going to work that well. So I would want to see just one deep ball from Jordan Love to – anybody 
Um, Before we move on, and here, here's, I, I get it, that's cool. We can have disagreements, I guess. But here, here's my thought on that. Saying that the consistency will come, I mean, it's not, it, here's the thing. Most quarterbacks suck, right? Most quarterbacks were not consistently good, which means they started off their careers being inconsistent and it didn't change. So I don't just believe that that's just magically going to come. Like there's a deficiency and I just know that's going to get fixed. I don't know that's going to get fixed. And I, I'm kind of worried about it. I know you didn't, well, maybe didn't necessarily mean one for 10, but I mean, one thing that even bad quarterbacks can do is hit one out of 10 deep balls. In fact, some quarterbacks hit deep balls at a, at a relatively high percentage, but they still suck at football. That was, again, that was my whole thing with Mitch Trubisky. He had actually a really nice deep ball. I mean, he, he, he could really just hit those perfect pinpoint passes. The problem is, just on a down-to-down basis, that dude sucked at football. He just wasn't a very good quarterback. That's why he's not a starting quarterback right now. So, again, I mean, we can go into a game saying that this is what I want to see, and, and it is what it is. It doesn't make a difference. I'm just telling you why I feel the way I feel. If he completes one deep pass but is kind of terrible across from that, or aside from that, I don't feel good about that. Right? It's, it's the same reason why I think Bears fans are ridiculous when they keep showing highlights. Dude, everybody's got highlights. Everybody hits one once in a while. It doesn't make you good. Right? I mean, the fact is, it's what differenti- differentiates good players from bad players. It's not hitting one out of ten deep shots, because even bad players do that. It's being consistently good on a play-to-play basis for a consistent and long period of time. Right? Aaron Rodgers was good not because he did a couple good things a couple times, but because he was good a lot more often than he was bad, and he did that for a very long time. So, anyways. And then on the defensive side, just our our front seven, just kind of getting to the quarterback. We've heard so much in camp that, like, Devontae Wyatt and all these guys are getting to the quarterback pretty much every play. I think – actually, never mind. I don't remember what you said. Something about how many sacks we had against it. the Patriots or, like, should have been the sacks, whatever. It's like 13 or something. But I just want to see that in this game. I don't really care much about um, Valentine or anything because – Obviously, like, we've seen a lot from him. So, if he continues it, that'd be great. But it's not, like, I've seen enough. Um, so, right now, I would just say, like, our pass rush should get in there and dominate. So, those are my two things. And, yeah, so see you later. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily say it was dominant, but I thought it was a lot better than what we saw against Cincinnati, which is where it was kind of uh, kind of scary because we start hearing really positive things about the practices in Cincinnati, I'm pushing this thing to the limit. I'm trying to load up our defensive stats and it's just sitting there. I'm like, Oh shoot, I'm going to kill the whole stream here. Um, heck was I talking about? Oh yeah. The, the Bengals game started to feel like, man, maybe outside of practice, you get into these games. It's not very good because we didn't do much against those guys, but you know, against new England, it started to look a little bit more real. Uh, Carl Brooks and Kingsley and Igbare look solid, but the problem is they were, pretty much the entire pass rush for our defense. We had eight pressures only. Four of them came from those two players. We only had two sacks, and that came from one player. So, I mean, it's it's it seems to be there in almost every single practice, including against the Bengals and the Patriots. In practice, it seems to be just consistently dominant. Thank you, whoever it was that scanned that code. Nobody ever scans the code. Thank you for checking that out. <laughs> um. But we, you know, we, we got to see it from other guys, right? We got to see it from, you know, Preston would be nice. We got to see it from uh, Wooden. We got to see it from, even though it seemed like we saw it from Wooden, according to the statistics, it was one pressure on the night, and he actually graded out quite poorly. Um, from, you know, even even Brenton Cox, who looks like he's really imposing, but um, again, grade wasn't super great, and the pressures were relatively low, although, you know attempts are low which is makes it tough lucas van ness i would like to see a lot more from lucas van ness and justin hollins and down the line all these guys that are tearing quay or not not quay um wyatt wyatt in particular he is like the number one guy in practice and then in the games he's he's done nothing through two games two preseason games so it just kind of makes you wonder is this like a real thing or or what 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 is happening here? I just want to know what's going to happen week one. Are you just going to tear some stuff up or was it just completely fake and you just are really good in practice for some reason then the game shows up and you're just like I don't I don't 
I don't know. Like, I'm super pumped about practice and all, but the games, nah, I could take them or leave them. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. What's up? Dude. Oh, here dude. We here we go. Again. Jordan Love. Let's go. All right. Let's go. All right. That's my guy. <laughs> that is my guy. That is why right, so I, I say let's stay positive. I don't. I was confused for a second. <laughs> I'm going to let it go because he's excited. This is 7.44 p.m., so now we're getting into the games. We're getting game calls. These are always fun. I care what mistakes he makes as long as he keeps competing like that. I like that energy. Go, Pat, go. Right. As long as he's not making mistakes, I like it too. <laughs> so, yeah, we're on the same page with that. So, no, that was, that was exciting. I don't know what exactly just happened there, but Jersey Mike saw it, and he's pumped about it. What's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. How y'all doing? What up? Hey, uh, this is uh, – I wanted to just say – I appreciate your telepathic ability or, or psychic ability, I yeah, should say more. Been working on it. Um, which I, you know, is kind of how I feel the same way about the players. Like, Evan Carlson is, is showing us who he is, you know, and he, you know, bad kickoffs and almost missed the next point, but he, you know, he made it. So that's good, at least in the beginning. Um, but it's, you know, love to have uh, almost an overthrow to Musgrave again, like That's throwing true. it too high above him. He had to jump up, you know, just to catch it when he could have just put it in the bread basket. But then, you know, get mad at that, but then he had to throw a couple of dime passes to uh, Dobbs. And read, so it's just, it's like, oh, can you just, can you just? <laughs> we're, we're gonna pause, Omar. I got so confused. Like, what the heck is that noise? Oh, we got people calling. Hi, hi, what's what's your name? What's your birthday? What's up? This is Doug Hyatt. My birthday is October fifteenth. What's going on, man? All right. How are you doing? Good. This is weird. How are you doing? <laughs> This is so cool. This is, is this your first live it actual is. call I was, show? I was so confused what that noise was. I'm like, what the heck is that? I was like, oh, shoot, it's that's right. you in the background, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I just got done running a bunch of Twitter spaces, doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm so excited about this Packer team, Ryan. Like, it reminds me of, like, you know, these beginnings of teams that gel and have an overall good team. Like, we saw the Eagles kind of rise up and become a good team and just have, like, amazing players everywhere and then the Super Bowl, right? How are you feeling about their actual prospects of the team? Because right now it's just preseason, and, you know, there's teams like the Lions and Bears that go like 4-0 in the preseason or something. Do you think it's going to transfer over in the regular season? Tell you what, Douglas, I'm just going to drop you and call that your call, but I appreciate you calling in, man. All right. It's kind of awkward. I didn't know how to handle that, but I don't want it to be like a, you know, two people going back and forth for like an hour kind of thing. So uh, we'll keep tweaking that. So, I am starting to buy into the hype a little bit. Uh, yes, Jersey Mike, calm down. I am starting to buy into it a little bit. Um, it just, it just, again, it, it's, it's, we're getting a larger sample size of things that seem very, very positive. And it's, it, you know, one of the things that seems confirming to me is the fact that we're starting to see the national media start to come around. I think in somewhat of an absurd way because it's like they were so anti-Jordan Love and the Packers. And then the Packers have like a couple of good throws and it's like, oh, you better watch out. These boys, 11 wins. Like, okay, you freaking calm down. But no, I mean, in, in reality, the team does seem to be coming together nicely. I mean, what, what, what is the biggest fear that we have that is rational right now? And in, in terms of like, I'm seeing it and I think it's going to be a problem. I mean, Jordan Love could still be a problem. Like anything could be a problem, but he looks legitimate. Does he look like peak Aaron Rodgers? No. Does he look better than most quarterbacks in the NFL? Yes, he does, as evidenced by the fact that he's one of the higher-graded quarterbacks in the preseason right now. In fact, I'm curious um, see how long it'll take me to do this. So he right now has <laughs> it's higher than I remembered. He has an 87.1 PFF grade. Again, I know this isn't exactly how this works. 87.1 PFF grade right now. Um, if you look at quarterbacks in 2022, that would be the third highest graded quarterback in the, or is that overall? I don't know. Let's say fourth highest graded in the NFL behind Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. And that's it. Now, again, it's just preseason, but so what? The point is 
I'm just trying to see how good he looks. And that's how good he looks right now. So that's encouraging. The wide receivers, is that a problem? No, it's it, in fact, the only issue that I have is it seems like we might have more depth than we can handle, right? It's it's more of a competition. Now, where are we as far as the peak? I don't really know. Where does Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson compare to the top five, top 10, top 15 receivers? I don't necessarily know, but I don't think it's going to be a problem, especially in terms of depth. Even if you know our best receiver is like the 20th best wide receiver, I think it's going to be like the 20th, the 28th, and the 32nd. And so I, I think we've got a good roster of people there. The offensive line, could it be a disaster? Sure. Do I think it's going to be a disaster? No. I think from a pass-blocking standpoint, it's going to be one of the better offensive lines in football. Do I think running back is an issue? No, I don't. Do I think tight end is an issue? Probably to some degree, especially when you factor in blocking. But um, I'm more optimistic about the receiving ability of Luke Musgrave than I have been about any tight end that we've had. Couldn't even honestly tell you when. What about, I mean, what, 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 what am I missing here? I mean, the defense, defensive line, it's been dominant and imposing. Brooks and Wooden look phenomenal. Rashawn Gary looks like he's going to start week one. Like, I'd never anticipated that. The cornerbacks look locked and loaded. Razul Douglas and Jair Alexander are freaking dominant. I don't know about Keyshawn necessarily, but if that's the weak link of our corners, oh, whoop-de-doo. The linebackers, we, we, we have good linebackers. How good? I don't know. We'll see, you know, how, how much of a step Devondre Campbell takes now that he's you know, not injured, he said he was. I don't necessarily expect him to, but if he can just duplicate what he did last year, I'm more than content. And if Quay Walker can take a step, and he is currently our highest-graded linebacker, I think he's like top 20 in the preseason right now, that's a big thing. And so so the, the weakness is safety. I mean, compare that to the other 31 teams in the NFL. How many people can can go through that many positions, especially key positions, quarterback, check, wide receiver, tackle, edge rusher, corner, Check, 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 check down the line. So, you know, and, and again, the standard isn't, are we the Chiefs, necessarily. I mean, we'll, we'll build up to that. But is this a team that can compete with the NFL that is mostly made up of not super good teams? A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. And, and the, the only other thing that comes to mind, and I know I, I've been trashing Colin Coward and I said I would never give him credit again, but he he, he made a point now that he's slowly seemingly turning on, uh, and I'll, I'll go through this on the podcast in the near future, not tomorrow, but um, he made the point that Mitch Trubisky... Oh, hold on. Can I put you on hold here? I can't put you on hold? All right. That's the end of my my thing there. Adam, you there? Yeah, I'm there. What's going on, man? What can I do for you today? Did I actually catch you live? You did. Oh, you know what? I have to answer and then put you on hold. Never mind. I'm just talking to myself. Yeah, what's going on, man? <laughs> I'll keep it short. I tried typing in the chat, but you're having issues. It's broke. Am, I the, am I the only one that has experienced the pain when Aaron Rodgers went three and out constantly? That <laughs> might just be me, but Aaron Rodgers continual three and outs. You had the bad run on first down. You had a drop pass on second down. You had Hail Mary on third down or even fourth down sometimes. If Jordan Love can continue what he has shown in just driving down the field and running the offense the way the offense is intended, yeah, there might be bad throws. Yeah, there might be missed calls, but he just seems to keep getting first downs. If he can keep doing that, I'm going to be a happy fan. All right, dude, I'm going to drop you off right there. I appreciate the call. So that's something that um, I'm always hesitant to touch those. Because it's like, I, I don't know the, the data points behind that. As a fan, it felt like we went three and out a lot. But at the same time, as good as our offense was over the, over the history, I feel like it's probably not going to turn out as I, as I think it will. So I will have to try to find a way to look into that because I do find that interesting. Because um, it, it did feel that way for me. Like just, just there were so many stalled out and not even, not even necessarily stalled out because stalled out is not what we're talking about. It's just just struggling to get started kind of drives. But let's just entertain it and let's just say it was a thing. I'm so bummed about the comment section because we finally got calls today. Um, I do see a path to where Jordan Love is going to have less issues with that. And no, this is not me saying Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. As I'm going to talk about on the podcast tomorrow, I think, um, 
it's it's if I were to give it an al and and then an analogy, it would be like let's say we have a cooking competition, and I said over here you've got a trained chef that's been in a kitchen for five years and you got a home chef who's going to win the competition? You say well probably the trained chef, but I didn't say what you're cooking. What if they're not cooking the same thing? The point is, I think Jordan Love plays a different style of football that is more easily executable than what Aaron Rodgers liked to do, especially his play style. In fact, tomorrow what I'm going to go over, I won't go in depth here today, but there's a YouTube video that kind of talked about this and his style of play and how it really just wasn't conducive to today's NFL, which is more, you know, the too high and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I, I do think he seems to do a better job, for example, with these intermediate passes, sort of the stuff across the middle. What did Aaron Rodgers like to do? He liked to throw at the line of scrimmage, and he liked to throw deep down the sideline. You're more likely to go three and out in those kinds of situations. Now you're going to get more explosive plays, and you're going to have more this, that, or the other, and it can certainly be much more successful. But I think you're kind of hurting yourself, right? I mean, running the ball is is not the most effective way to move the ball. So, so you run the ball, you get three yards, okay? So second and seven, that, okay, whatever. Throw a screen pass, okay? Now it's third and five. Running and screen pass is probably not going to get the job done, although more than likely that's exactly what we're going to do is try to throw a little swing pass out to Aaron Jones, and that's probably not going to succeed. Or, yeah, rocket ball down the sideline, also not the most productive way to pick up five yards. So I think it may be sort of a, a different complication with Jordan Love, whereas I don't think there's going to be that big of an issue picking up five, seven, eight yards. But it probably will be harder getting down the field. Whereas Aaron Rodgers could pick up 40-yard chunks. Jordan Love can't, too. I acknowledge that. But just in terms of play style, if his play style is more of that, it's, it's going to be more of a question of stall, stalled drives as opposed to having a hard time kind of just getting things going. Because when you're, when you're more focused on, on picking up the five, six, seven-yard chunks, yeah, you're going to move the sticks, but you're just allowing yourself more opportunities for mistakes. Fumbles, botched snaps, errant throws whatever the case may be. I, I don't know. Again, I'm just kind of entertaining something else that I don't know just for the sake of of argument, I guess. But that would be my initial thought off the top of my head in terms of how that could potentially be different in a positive way, but also in a negative way. Thank you, by the way. We got three people that scanned the code. Again, sorry about the comment section. I can't see them today. It broke. So if you're talking to me, be nice. <laughs> But anyways, uh, let's get back and finish what Omar was saying. Relax on the the miscues. I get it. You know, everybody, you know, Mahomes throws, you know, passes. or But it's not like that, though. It's kind of like, oh, man, I, 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 man, I threw it too short, whatever. But, like, these overthrows and it's like, you know, five feet over the player is kind of ridiculous. I feel like i give him more grace if he was a rookie doing it because I'm like, all right, he can learn. I'm like, he's been in the league so long, man, he shouldn't be doing it this consistently, you know? So, but either way, I'm in, I'm enjoying the game. It's a good game. It's a little bit more realistic, I think, how our season is going to be. I don't think we're going to just crush and just destroy everybody, but I don't think we're going to be crap either. I think it's just yeah. really based on – um, you know, a couple of key players I think is really going to make a break our season. It's the quarterback and the kicker is, is two of the three, you know. But we'll see how everything goes. Like, man, I'm appreciating it. I hope everybody else is enjoying the game. And hopefully by the time you listen to this, we won by three, four touchdowns again. So we'll see. All right. Go Pack though. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of am of the same mind, I think. I think we're not going to be a terrible football team, but I think it's going to be kind of a bumpy ride. And and I'll tell you what, too, the preseason games, I think my two favorite preseason games that I've ever watched have been the last two preseason games. And so I think it's going to be a fun season. Maybe it won't be fun if we just start losing. I don't know. But it, it, I just get the feeling that it is going to be fun. It is going to be exciting. And, and maybe it just has to do with our change of, of perception. You know, again, there's, there is sort of that spoiled fan thing going on when you got Aaron Rodgers where – you just expect to win all the time and you expect Aaron Rodgers to be perfect all the time. And, you know, when you see like a bad pass, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you freaking doing? You loser. You know, when, when you lose games to bad teams, it's like, this is, this is pathetic. This is unacceptable. 
but we're all kind of coming in from ground zero here where we acknowledge that this might be a bad football team. And if we come out and beat the Bears, whereas if it's, you know, Rodgers and Devontae or whatever, it's like, you know, you're you're mostly just angry that at one point after three minutes in the first quarter, it was close. You know, in this, even if it's a close win, it's going to be like, heck yeah, dude, now we're rolling. So it's just, I just, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think it's going to be more, a little bit more exciting, hopefully. I think it's going to be a little bit more fun, but it's probably going to be bumpy. And I, th- I think we're actually lucky that 2022 happened. Um, because if we had another 13 win season and we go out and win eight or nine this year, it would be absolute disaster. If we win nine this year, it's not great, but that's what we did with Rodgers. It's a building point, right? It was Love's first year. I, I think we can probably navigate that a little bit. So anyways, why don't we take a quick break here? Um, we'll come right back and pick up with uh, Jersey Mike. Hey, it's Jersey Mike again. Uh, end of the first. So, I mean, let, let's be real. Um, what I saw right there was the, the Patriots being all snarky and snippy, and, uh, and Jordan Love came out and was like, you know what, you want to try to get in our heads, go for it. Have a good time. You can you can fly all over the field and be angry and whatnot. I'm just gonna beat you. And and and, and AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon, dude, please more of this jumping over guys, slamming guys into the ground and pancaking them. No. I'm all for it. Let's go. I mean, I, I I'd like to see a little bit better from this defense so far. Um, but the guys who are giving up plays are are not our starting guys and. Um, I don't know that that Carrington Valentine uh, hold is is a legitimate call. Um, so 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 yeah. I'm I mean I'm I'm not high on this defensive performance so far, but this offensive performance I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Uh, anyway, go back go. Yeah, as far as AJ Dillon, I saw somebody make the comment like you know he showed a clip of him kind of getting hit midair, like that that play where he was jumping over somebody and then he kind of got popped and and I think he just kind of fell over. And he's like, we. I, I've just never really seen the amount of power that I expected from him. And I'm like, are you serious? I feel like he's been on something different this entire preseason. Now, if if your only real clip is him getting hit midair and not being able to power through it, that's not really how that works, right? There's a reason people tell you to keep your feet on the ground and to get your shoulders low, right? Being completely vertical with your feet off the ground. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do to generate power and fight back against that. So I, I thought that that was kind of a silly comment, but it kind of got me wondering, like, am, am I out of my mind where I feel like he's been much more powerful this year? Because I feel like 100% I've seen that, whereas I've been slightly disappointed. I mean, even going back to Boston College, I, I that was my critique of him coming out was considering his build, I would expect him to be more powerful, but he was more of an upright runner and he didn't generate exactly that much power or whatever. But anyways, yeah, as far as the defense, I think that was kind of a little bit of a takeaway for me. I don't know about at the exact end of the game, but I do remember kind of getting flashbacks to um, to last year when we went up against New England. We were, we thought we would just steamroll them, and that absolutely didn't happen. Um, we won the game, but barely, and I think that was against their third string quarterback. Right? They they Mac Jones was out. They had their second string guy, and I forget who that was. And then he went out, and then Bailey Zappi came in. We still almost lost the game, but it's like this was the twentieth ranked offense last year. So again, it's just preseason, vanilla defense, all that stuff. But it's like, man, you know, for this defense that I'm starting to get jacked up about, I'm starting to be like, all right, we got it, right? We got the corners. There's no Jair, probably no Razul at the time of my consternation. But still, like this is, we're hoping this is like the top five defense that we can't stop the 20th ranked offense. That that kind of sucked a little bit to have to watch. But it is what it is. We'll 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 keep it rocking. And uh, we'll stick with the positives here in terms of like the individual pieces on top of, again, no Rashawn Gary, very little Preston Smith, no Jair. Um, and so, you know, and, and no Kenny. We'll, uh, we'll assume that those very pivotal pieces getting put back in will also massively factor into these things. Uh, Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, Jeff calling. Hey, I'm wondering. I just watched the. Uh, I don't think this is going to work. Preseason. No. Okay. Let's try that again. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. I doing? just called. I. That's all right. I guess I was fumbling with my phone. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, okay. Preseason game. 
fall into a koi pond? And after the game, well, the injury happened, and I guess I was calling to talk to you about this. Did you notice that Matt LaFleur looked really upset when the game was canceled? I, it looked to me, he's standing next to Belichick, and it looks like he turns as the ref is on his headset getting information, and he turns really upset and walks away. I don't know. No, I, I, did, I, guess, I didn't notice that. I guess I just want to hear what you have to say about should the game have been canceled? I'm just... I guess that's what I'm wondering. I just I just watched the game and I'm, I'm watching. I'm just thinking to myself, did the game need to be canceled or not? I just want to hear your opinion on that. Thanks. Yeah, I know that's been somewhat debated. Um, I would guess Matt Lafleur was not super upset. My understanding is both coaches really didn't hesitate, and immediately. I mean, Bill Belichick was being one of them, and I think Matt Lafleur um, agreed. I think I don't know. It's possible you pick something up on the camera. I'm not sure. Um, my thought on it is, I think in situations where we're talking potentially life-threatening stuff, especially in a preseason game, I think it's appropriate to cancel. I understand it's a dangerous and violent sport. I get all that. Um, but I do think that there is a line. You know, there, there's a difference between guys, you know, kind of getting a little, you know, getting their bell rung and then they got to go to the sideline or or even like, you know, a bad ACL tear, you know, where they don't even want to show it on camera, like Eric Stokes or whatever. Um, but there are moments when, I mean, people are legitimately worried. I mean, when you're watching a friend of yours lay lifeless on the field and, um, you know, they're strapping his head down. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought he broke his neck is what I thought happened. I don't exactly know what it was, but that was my thought. And, you know, I mean, potentially he, he could lose, not at this point, I'm just saying at the time, I mean, he, he could be paralyzed. He could be, you know, end up paralyzed from the waist down or something. I don't exactly know what 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 all could have happened, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's subjective to each person, but I think that there are moments where it becomes bigger than football. And to me, that was one of those moments. Obviously, when when Hamlin went down, um, when his when I mean, he essentially died on the field and was revived that's one of those moments that are bigger than football and, you know, the, the players, you know, it's also a question of, you know, should the players be asked to go back and play? And you, you can say, yes, you can be hard nosed about it and just say, you know what, do your job if you want. But um, I mean, these guys are, are, I think, shaken to their core, especially, especially considering what they're being asked to do. You know what I mean? It, it's not like, you know, pro football focus is saying, get back in there and grade. No, I'm telling you to go back in there and put your life on the line the way that guy put his life on the line. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it, it, it shakes people and, and, and it's, it's, um, you've got to put their lives and their safety ahead of, of other things. You know I mean? This isn't like the main reason, but can you imagine if you made the decision to continue playing and another player got hurt in a very serious way? I mean, it just, it just uh, it just makes sense in in these kinds of serious situations. Now, it, it, can you take it too far? Of course you can, but I, I don't think that the NFL took it too far in that situation. That was a very serious thing. Anytime again, you see a guy lifeless on the field and and getting uh, stretchered off, and then it, it, especially again because nobody knew exactly what was going on. Like if that happened, and then he pops up and he's like, "No, no, no, never mind. I'm I'm fine." Okay, we keep playing. But you've got these players who are sitting there going, is he going to be okay? Is he paralyzed? Is is he going to make it? You know, what what is going on here? I mean, he could have had internal bleeding in his brain. We don't know. So um yeah, I, I think it I, I think it's just it's it's good to be compassionate in those situations, you know. Um you, you think about, you know, these these dangerous jobs like what happens on these fishing boats where somebody ends up dying or, or or close to it and it's like very often even these guys who are about as hardcore as it gets will be like you know what take your stuff off get inside get some sleep you know whatever let's let's just you know and and again they're they're gonna have to go back out next week and play so it's not like we're taking the season off it's just we're we're not gonna make you go out in this traumatized state and go do that again right now so I guess I haven't really fully fleshed out like what is that line and how that all works, but um, I guess that would be my thought as of right now in terms of that particular situation. 
Nico, what's going on? Ryan, how the duty is Nico calling from my uh, balcony? Nice. In Boise here. So uh, I I wasn't able to watch it live. I was I listened to it live on a uh, a stream I found on YouTube while I was driving around. Um, it was actually um, New England announcers. So that I'm sucks. just going to start off with some of the hot, with some of the good things. I'm not going to go too negative because I, I I didn't see a lot of it. So I did hear some of it. You know, the, the the snap, I think that was, you know, not love's fault. Still got to keep your head on the swivel. How many times says Rodgers and Favre caught a, a weird pass or a weird uh, you know, shotgun pass that they turned into good stuff. But, you know, learning, um, slow start. But those two passes to Dobbs and, and the TV to read, I mm-hmm. thought were pretty wowish. I don't know if they qualify you in the wow category. Oh, boy. Thomas Austin, what's going on, man? Hey, I got uh, I got that you're doing this on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so I was calling because I'm hearing about Stephon Diggs and Jonathan Taylor trying to leave their teams. Okay. And I'm just kind of I'm just kind of grateful for most of the people who play for the Packers who always seem that they want to fight for their jobs to stay at the Packers, mainly like Aaron Jones. Yes. Just giving, just giving some of my gratitude to okay. a lot of the people who love the Packers and enjoy the Packers. You, Specifically you, being a Packer, I should say. Right. No, that's good. I, I'm just wondering if you're going to continue to take this in a direction or if that's that's pretty much it. Oh, I was going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. Those two people, if you had to make a trade for them, who would you give up? You have to. Who am I giving up? Yeah. For and I have to pick one of the players and pick one of ours to trade. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm probably going. Uh, I well, it would be Jonathan Taylor. I think. I think the tiebreaker is the fact that Stephon Diggs is a little bit of a nut job. Um, and then who do I? Have and to, he's also a bit older. Yeah, he's older and and stuff. I got to trade somebody for him. Um, well, I think the logical piece would be Aaron Jones, right? As much as that seems completely disrespectful, especially with what you just said. But I mean, from a from a logical standpoint, it makes sense. I mean, we're probably done with him in the near future. And um, if it's just a one to one player swap, and I'm allowed to do that, even though it's probably in our favor, I think that would be the move. So if I had to tweak that a little bit, okay, I'd have to say. It to not give up a halfback. Okay. A different position. Well, what do we what do we have can, can I say um not that I necessarily want to but and it's also wildly unfair in our favor but can I say Yash Nyman? Or do I have to do more than I that? I mean every team could use you know all the depth for the offensive line. Could even lie and call him a starter. Could just be like, "Hey, this guy is a starter. You can we started him, you know. And you know, and you know what? I'll tweet the deal. I'll throw in our seventh. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 love our seventh round picks, so that's a big deal. This is this is an honor, a great honor we are bestowing on you by giving you the great Yash Nyman and one of our seventeen seventh round picks. Yeah, if we gave up our third round, then you know Oof. we'd be that would yeah. raise my brow. Yeah, I don't know if we could if we could afford that, but I mean, would, if 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 the negotiations get tough, we can talk about a third round pick. So, anyways, man, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, and I uh, hope you do it again. We'll do in the future. All right, man. Bye. Biddy doo. All right, let's finish out the Nico call, and then we'll probably get up out of here pretty soon, anyways. It's me, and actually, the 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 stream I was listening to. With the New England announcers, they were very impressed with Love. They they were talking pretty good about him, and they were they weren't you know Packer fans. Um, they were they were those two passes were really good. Every, I, I know we didn't win, doesn't matter. I think an entire game with sorry about my cat, it's insane. Uh, I think the entire game was. I thought that was a kid. I was like, what's uh, what do we got going on over there? With Love running mass plays. We win this game like 35-20, like no problem. Um, Dylan, Dylan looks like he's hitting the hole like 
at twice the speed as last year. Yeah, dude. He's making up his mind and going forward. You know, with Dylan, sometimes I think sometimes there's people that don't really know their full strength. And I think Dylan is one of those. Yeah. And I think he's, I had to hit my cat because it's got to be a thing. <laughs> don't hit animals. Yeah, that's a real cat. It's not a sound bite. I trust you. Trust me. Uh, Dylan, I think what he's coming into what he is understanding that the dude is a freak and he is stronger than and faster than a lot of those guys out there. Um, Inibare, dude's showing some growth with him, Smith, you know, all the other defensive line, Rashawn, we could have a scary defensive line. Wilson, yeah, I don't know how we don't keep him on the 53. Reed, C-Dolan, you see, he's C-Dolan, you see. Um, like I said, I think if, if, uh, if we play this whole game of starters, we, we, it's one of those games where we break away and just win by like 15, 20 points. Uh, I know there was some bad – I did watch a stream afterwards when I am home that was just every play and not, didn't show any of the defensive stops. So it was just the offensive play. So I don't know if anything bad happened on defensive-wise. We went still kind of, you know, uh, positive. I don't know how much they'll play in the third game, but we'll see. Go Pack Go! And uh, it's looking good for the Bears! <laughs> it is, actually. I mean, my, my confidence level is is certainly going up about that Bears game. I wish the Bears would play their starters in the preseason a little bit so we can get some uh, insights into what potentially they could be doing, but not really getting a whole lot there. So I don't know. I guess it'll be a big surprise how much of a challenge they're going to be. Um, and it does sound like Jordan is probably going to play, but we'll have to see. I don't really know. I think it might be good, but at the same time, you end on a high note if you just kind of cash it in at this point rather than throwing them out there for one series. And then if it's a bad series, like, yeah, you know, think how how negatively that's going to impact things. But he could certainly use a couple extra throws, I suppose. Um, the only thing that I'm going to continue to stake my uh, my flag in, is that a thing? You stake a flag? Not really. I don't know. Um, Emmanuel Wilson, what if I told you you are not allowed to use rushing ability to determine who, if anybody, would be the number three running back. I know that's not the case. I know rushing ability does matter. But Matt LaFleur flat out said the most important things are those third down things in special teams. It's pass blocking. It's receiving. It's special teams. It's those kinds of things. So what if I just said, you can tell me Emmanuel Wilson is the RB3 and and I'd like you to make a case for it right now, but you cannot use his rushing ability. Just as a thought exercise, just try to do it. Is there anything? Is there a single thing that you can point to? He did have one reception, I think, for kind of a decent chunk, I guess. That's sort of the complication that I'm having. If we take Matt LaFleur at his word and we judge Emmanuel Wilson based on the criteria for the RB3 job, not just who's a really good runner, which is what I think most of us are doing. Um, I don't know how he could possibly make the team. Right, Patrick Taylor's getting all the special teams reps. He's the one that's doing all that stuff. And in, in, you know, third and short situation, who did, what did they do? They pulled Emmanuel Wilson, they put in Patrick Taylor. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm still... Uh, as much as I get it, and as much as I, I occasionally will will swing to that side and just be like, dude, there's no way. There's no way. If I just remind myself of what I've been saying this whole time, remove the rushing and make a case for it, there's no case. There's no case for Emmanuel Wilson. I mean, obviously, this is a promising prospect for the future, and I wish they had begun putting him on special teams and doing those things a little bit earlier to see if maybe there could be a thing here. But I think this is a thing where this is a guy we're excited to develop. And that's what it's going to be. Could be entirely wrong. But again, I can't make a case for Emmanuel Wilson based on what he's done, based on what Matt LaFleur said. I just can't do it. Now, I know some people can say, well, if, if you try to wave him and put him on the 53, he won't make it. I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but that that is an overhyped narrative Every single year, nobody's going to make it. Everybody's going to get picked up, and almost nobody does. I'm, I'm sure we'll do it at some point. 
in fact, I should probably do that pretty soon because cut downs are uh, going to start happening really quickly here. Um, but just kind of going back through the history of like which guys were actually acquired during that period, it's very few people. Now, there are some like mundane people that get picked up that maybe you wouldn't expect, and that could be some Packers, I guess. But um, it really is a very unlikely thing. Most people are going to slide right through no problem because players, teams... Every team is in the same position we're in, first of all. Everybody else is looking at, man, can our guy make it? Right? They're worried about us picking up their guys. Not so much. And we're worried about being able to re-sign our guys. They just want to make sure they can re-sign their guys. They have the 53 that they like. And that's the other thing. They're going to put them on their 53-man roster. Look at the anguish they went through to try to fit all these pieces. Could you imagine if we cut down to 52 and grab some guy that's never even taken a snap in Green Bay and put him on the 53 over here? That would be ridiculous, unless it's like a really big player. But really big players don't get don't get cut. They don't get waived. So I don't. I, I really don't think that that's going to happen. Again, if you put the shoe on the other foot, I I just I don't see that happening. Go ahead and try to do a fifty three, and then try to cut it down to fifty two, and then just grab somebody that that you know, especially a position like running back, who's a rookie, who's an undrafted free agent who had a, a couple of good games as a runner and nothing else and convince everybody that we should put him on instead of guys like Brenton Cox, right? Or instead of guys like, I don't know, Carrington Valentine. What the heck just happened? We got to get out of here. My computer keeps going to sleep when I don't move my mouse, apparently. It's like, dude, I'm busy. I'm doing stuff, man. I'm not sleeping. Anyways, that's that's my point. Why don't we get out of here? I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm going to keep working at this thing, and I can't promise you that the technical difficulties will not stop. I'm, I've been chuckling to myself, trying not to just giggle to myself, imagining what kind of mayhem is going on in the comments section. Um, I'll have to go back on YouTube and Facebook and stuff to see what's been going on. But anyways, I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the calls. Oh, my goodness. See, it's coming through my computer because this thing got all jacked up. We'll do one more call. What do we got? Oh, see, hold on. So here's the deal. And I should have said this and I apologize. I'm going to decline that call only because I don't know the number. And I said, I didn't want to take numbers that I don't know. So what, here's what I'll do. I'm going to turn this off. Now. I'm going to turn off calls. Whoever that was that called, please call back in and leave a message and we'll hang out for a little while and get to know each other first. But I don't need you know, some randos calling in and saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, you know, I, this took a long time to get through this. I don't need the whole thing getting wiped off of the internet because somebody called in saying tons of freaking crazy stuff. So I apologize. Uh, again, please call back in, just leave a message. We'll get to know you a little bit and then uh, feel free to call in. But anyways, thank you very much to everybody that called in. I set the voicemail back on. So if you want to just leave a message, just do that. You guys have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.